Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, Real Lifers. Hope everyone is doing well and staying safe. For those of you who are based in the U.S., I know many of us had what really felt like a week from hell. You know, the hurricane basically tore across half the country, and my heart goes out to anyone that was affected by the damage and the flooding, whether, you know, Louisiana, New Jersey, New York. I even had uh, some leaks from my roof into my apartment in D.C. from this hurricane. So it was absolutely wild. And then things going on in Texas, there's just a lot of awful news happening. And so I hope you are all able to unwind a little watching Bravo this week and get some laughs from this week's episode. Also, I've been doing a little bit better tracking of who's listening to the podcast. And it turns out almost one in five of my listeners doesn't live in the US, lives abroad. I think it's about 17 or 18% live overseas. So I would really encourage you to reach out to me on Instagram because I want to know more about like what you're interested in hearing and if the podcast brings in some international perspectives or if it could use more international perspectives. I know the shows that we cover are based in the US, but would really like to hear from all of you. So this week on Bravo, we had three Housewives shows. I loved every single one of them. I was actually pleasantly surprised at the Real Housewives of New York finale. Still don't know a whole lot what's happening with the reunion there, and I'm not going to pretend to know what's going on. Um, But I think we're all pretty happy that the season came to an end. Of course, I loved this week's Potomac because I love Potomac and I just think it's the strongest Housewives franchise that we have on right now. And I also, of course, love Beverly Hills because we are getting so much from Erica and from the other women. I feel like we're finally watching a show where we know there's shady stuff going on and they're actually discussing it. And this is what I wish we got from the lawsuits with PK and Dorit. This is what I wish we've gotten with so many other things. And so I appreciate the fact that the women keep bringing up what's going on with Erica, because if it were up to Erica, she would never discuss any of this. One thing about this week's episode, though, I noticed so many people online and in comments were just really nasty about Crystal. And, you know, people are free to like or not like whoever they want. But I really feel like a lot of the audience hasn't given her a fair chance. And I don't feel like we need to play this whole Crystal versus Sutton thing. Like you can like both of them on the show and you can think both of them make valid points at times and you can think both of them say things that aren't great at times. And I'm not trying to be a complete crystal apologist, but I do feel like the comment that so many people were upset about that she said when she said, oh, Rob worked on movies with people who were Me Too'd. 
I feel like what she was trying to say is when you are in close proximity and work with people who've done bad things, that doesn't reflect poorly on you because you're not the one that did the thing or is accused of the thing. So I think what she was trying to say is, yeah, so we are co-workers of Erica Girardi, but that doesn't reflect poorly on us because we have nothing to do with anything that she's done. So I I get what she was saying. I feel like it came across kind of off and weird. And honestly, with the Me Too thing, it's like, did he work with people after they had been accused or beforehand? You know, it makes a difference. (laughs) You really don't want to be associated with certain people. So, for example, if Rob were to produce a movie or direct a movie with Harvey Weinstein today, you know, that would negatively impact his reputation. And I think that's exactly the point Sutton is trying to make is that being associated with someone after they have committed a crime or done something really terrible can be damaging to your reputation. And Sutton is worried about it. And I think she makes some pretty good points. So after about a year and a half off the air, Vanderpump Rules is back at the end of September. They released their trailer this week. I know some people really enjoyed it. Some people thought it was boring. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle. I thought it was an entertaining trailer, but I didn't come away with what the season would really be about. It seems like a lot of the drama is going to surround Brock, Sheena's boyfriend, and the fact that he had a family before he met her and he doesn't seem to be on speaking terms or very close with them. And so that's probably most of the drama. I really hope it's a good season. I've been waiting for it. I'm excited for it. Um, I am a little worried that it could be potentially overproduced because, again, we're in the ninth season of the show and there haven't been a lot of cast shakeups. And so it's kind of like the same people. And so you're invested in their stories. But at the same time, they kind of know what makes good TV. So I'm just hoping it's more like cameras were on them while they were living their lives rather than them trying to create drama for the cameras. But we'll have to wait and find out. Well, this week on my podcast, I have such a treat for you all. Kendrick Tucker is back. He is so funny. He's got his newly rebranded podcast, Reality and Comics 2. He also has one of my favorite voices in the podcast game. I could listen to him talk for hours and hours and hours, and I love his laugh, and I know you guys will too. As always, if you enjoy the podcast, go ahead and rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts and write a nice review. And be sure to follow me on social media at Mandy Slutsker on Twitter and Instagram. And those of you who are listening outside of the US, I really would love to hear from you. So please send me a direct message. Hope everyone has a fantastic week. And without further ado, here is my chat with Kendrick Tucker. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi. 
Hi, everyone. I am here with Kendrick Tucker with the newly rebranded podcast, Reality and Comics 2. How are you doing? Oh, my God. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to talk to you. I know. I, it's been too long. It's been too long, and I love your takes on everything. Oh, I just, thank you. <laughs> you know, even if I disagree, I find it, like, so entertaining. Right. And that's the whole point, right? Like, like we should be able to disagree, but, like, why not make it fun if we got to, you know, not, not see eye to eye on stuff? Right. Like, we're just talking housewives. We're not talking, like, the Afghanistan withdrawal policy. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what it feels like some days, too. It's like, okay, this is heavy. Let me step off social media for a minute because I thought we were just talking about Kathy Hilton. Like, what's going on right now? It's a lot. People get really really intense about housewives and i feel yes. like there is something a bit more vitriolic or toxic about potomac and i can't quite put my finger on it um Gosh. i know taria has ray sani on her podcast this week and they get into it mm. a bit so i am excited to hear their thoughts on it but something about the potomac fandom people are just very intense very it, it it becomes a lot like i literally have to brace myself every single time it's about to come on especially i knew last season just because you know the fight and everything i knew the fight was going to bring in people that had no history with these characters so the characters real people but you know these characters <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> characters for us but they uh i knew they were going to come in and they would they'd have no kind of background and so they would take all this stuff very just kind of how it's presented, which I guess sometimes is a good thing. But then, you know, us, we're like, no, but remember, like, she's this kind of person. She does this. She does that. This is what, you know, and it's so, like, nuanced sometimes that it gets frustrating dealing with people that only showed up for a fight. And now they're in and they're ready to, like, go toe-to-toe with the the folded tissues and the, the zen winds of it all and just everything. It's a lot sometimes, but that's why we're here. So... <laughs> Well, I'll probably get your thoughts on how you feel about everything as we go through the episode, but yes. I can't get over the major Jewish energy I felt when Chinese food was delivered in the middle of an argument. <laughs> oh, my God. It, everything. See, it's little stuff like that that happens that I just like, it grounds us right again. Like, I love it. <laughs> that was my favorite part. And they were like, do you want soy yes. sauce? Like. <laughs> And then, you know, Wendy, I'm not breaking bread with her and just like so overly dramatic about it. But, you know, I understand she was very upset and in the middle of that moment. So how do you feel about how Wendy told off Garcelle and Robin last episode and kind of into this week's episode? Are you team Zen Wen or team Green Eyed Bandit? (laughs) Well, first of all, just like our friend Stephanie from the Mocha Menace podcast, I am a Green Eyed Bandit apologist. So I am always a little bit team, you know, Green Eyed Bandit. But I get it. I'm always one of those people like I know how messy they are. So like I get it when there's a big reaction, you know, from the things that they do. I just love the mess. I love a villain. I love the drama. But I get it. I mean, I know Wendy was, you know, she felt like it was her turn to be in the hot seat, her turn to be attacked. I know she probably would have preferred it was her instead of a rumor about Eddie, but you know, it, it was out there. So they had to, you know, they Potomac, one thing about them, they've got a great boat driver in Giselle, meaning that she's always going to move the drama forward. 
So I I get it. She was going to bring it up, even though she knew she was going to bring it up, but they were going to hurry up and say that they didn't agree with it. Nobody believed it. I think all of this could have been resolved within one episode if Wendy had come out there and just asked for clarity or asked what was going on. But instead, I think that maybe Ashley wasn't the best person <laughs> to think? deliver the message. <laughs> I, That's what it felt like. <laughs> I wonder, you know, all these like never before seen scenes get, you know, announced or put out by Bravo, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that happened on Beverly Hills. We also are hearing them on podcasts and stuff and mm-hmm. doing interviews. And one thing that stuck with me was Wendy said that Robin was the first one to tell her about the Eddie rumor and that mm. she reached out to Wendy and was like, I can't believe this blog said this. They said this other thing about me. What type of lawyer is Eddie? Could he kind of help shut them down? And so... Oh. It sounded like people knew about the rumors, but Wendy was upset that it was brought up on camera as a storyline. That's mm. what my view of her reaction is after hearing about this. I heard about that, uh, that Robin was the first one to tell her. I didn't know if that. So when Robin had her reaction, I don't know if it was her saying, like, wait a minute, let's bring it back. Like, what are we talking about? Or if Wendy felt like she was feigning. It's like, I really I genuinely don't know, but. Oh boy, they are. <laughs> when it gets heavy on Potomac, it gets heavy on Potomac. Like it's, it's a lot sometimes. I don't. I don't know. The thing that is weird to me is you know we saw this on Jersey with Jackie, right? Mm-hmm. And Jackie, her issue wasn't really like she was like, I know this isn't true. Like I'm not actually upset that it's just why are you coming after me and not apologizing for bringing it up? And right. so. Wendy seems to be like really upset and I can't tell if she's upset that this is just out there or she's upset that people that she really thought were her friends said something on camera. Right. It it seems like a lot. It seems like it, it could be multiple things. And I bet to her already kind of being on the defensive about having to defend, you know, like I did this to my body and I'm okay with it. You should be too. Like, you know, I don't know if it was like her coming in that mindset of, okay, now y'all are trying to make these false equivalencies of me, you know, uh, having a breast, you know, having enhancements or you, you know, I, I yeah. can't, like, I don't, I'm like flustered. I, I, <laughs> like, I don't know if they're trying to equate like that with like maybe, that's why Eddie, quote unquote, stepped out or was cheating or full blown affair. I don't know what even they were like alleging in the article, but, you know, there's supposedly there was a child and all this kind of stuff. So it maybe she went in that on the defensive and then just like everything that happened afterwards should not have happened. Like one, Ashley Darby should not have been the deliverer of the news. <laughs> then two, Robin acting like, I guess, if if we believe Wendy, Robin acting like she don't know what's going on. And then three, her feeling like her sorority sister, Giselle, should not be using her for, quote unquote, the mess. So it seems seems like it could be a lot of different things just kind of spiraling one after the other. Speaking of Ashley, one thing that stood out to me was when Robin turned to Giselle and asked, are we mad at Ashley? 
Mm. And I was like, ooh, this group think between the two of them. It just, <laughs> it is a little bit frustrating as a viewer because you really do want to parse out and know how Robin feels about something and not just right. how Giselle feels, you know? Right. It is. It's they, <laughs> I think to the way she speaks about stuff does not help their case because both of them do do a lot of the, well, do we, or do, do we, do we? And I think that does not help their case, especially when you know people on the internet, people on your cast, everybody tries to feel, you know, tries to put it out there that Giselle's the mastermind and Robin is basically the puppet. So you're not helping yourself with the, the we language, but I don't know. I'm so two sides with this. I'm I'm two sides about most most things with Potomac. Like, I, I <laughs> it's the best like, way to be. It's the best exactly. way to be, Kendrick. Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you know what? They're best friends. I get it. Like that's the best friend energy. Y'all I've got a podcast together for God's sakes. Like I get it. Like you know we we come into a consensus. Us. This is us talking. Us. So I mean I get it, but you're probably not doing yourself any favors with the audience. Right. It reminds me of sort of like high school energy, very clicky. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny, they um, on Vanderpump Rules, which I know you never got into, but Jax Taylor used to do this group thing where he would turn to other people in the group and be like, do we like them? Do we like him? Are we mm. mad at so-and-so? Like those types of questions. And that was something that some of the other people in the show couldn't stand. And so I find it frustrating. And I think that Wendy probably is most upset with Robin and most hurt by Robin. So the things that she was saying were just incredibly hurtful. And you know what? I bet, too, that I don't know. It kind of feels like she had an epiphany either when she was talking to Ashley or when she like came out and confronted the group. Maybe she felt like or maybe this trip in general, actually, because it hadn't been going too well for Wendy and the other girls. So maybe, do you think that she had kind of like an epiphany at some point that, wow, I thought I was in good with, quote unquote, the it girls or the the popular girl, whatever you want to call them, like as a crew. I thought I was in good with the Green Eye Bandits and Ashley and all these people, like we had finally got on a good page. Was she kind of realizing that, oh, wow, I'm as expendable as the next person for the sake of the show. Cause it kind of gave me those vibes a little bit too. Yeah. That's probably what I would feel like if I was, you know, Wendy, I would probably be like, Oh, I thought these were my real friends. We stayed in touch even when we weren't filming, you know, that kind of a thing. And then to have it, it kind of turn on her rather than Candace or somebody else I think Mm -hmm. it, you know, what I didn't like about what Wendy was sort of saying about them is she is being very misogynistic in her comments, kind of being like, Giselle doesn't have a man or Robin's relationship isn't real. And then she's saying, cheers to people who are in real relationships whose men don't cheat on them as if it's the women's fault that the that their partners cheated. It felt that way. I don't. I don't think that's how Wendy meant it. I think she was thinking, how dare these three women, right? <laughs> Ashley, Giselle, and Robin, who've all had husbands who have cheated on them, right? Mm-hmm. And humiliated them. How dare they come for my marriage, knowing very well that that's not what my marriage is like. But instead, exactly. instead, it came out like, you guys don't have real relationships. Right. What... I've said this a million times before about Atlanta, too. I always feel like sometimes 
they put so much emphasis on the man in someone else's life that they always like they I don't know. It feels like they downplay everything else. Like, you know, Wendy at one point said something about Giselle, quote unquote, not having a family. And I was like, well, she has three daughters that live with her. Like, are you trying to say she doesn't have a husband or like, what are you saying? Like that, that always bothers me so much. They do it in Atlanta a lot and they do it in Potomac a lot too. And I'm always just kind of like, Oh, finally one day get out of that mindset. Like really? Yeah. It's a really, it's just a really nasty thing to do. And it brings all women down. And Mm -hmm. while they think maybe, maybe she thinks she's just going after Giselle and Robin or Ashley or whoever, the people who are watching, kind of take notes you know like okay so she judges anyone who doesn't have a man or she judges anyone who's been with someone who's cheated on them so yeah the whole thing was just interesting i did appreciate candace sticking up for wendy you know she was saying Mm -hmm. wendy's sensitive everyone has triggers and then giselle said she probably shouldn't be in this group which is code for she probably shouldn't be on this show right how how as a green-eyed bandit apologist (laughs) do you do you come to that (laughs) well okay so one i want to say that i love the fact that People don't really know what to do with Candace right now. Her being in this kind of voice of reason role. And I'm just like cracking up every single week, seeing the way people are handling it. I just want to throw it out there because I kind of love it. Oh, (laughs) I love it. I love Candace. I've always liked Candace for quite some time. I've always thought she had like of all housewives, like not even just in Potomac. I've always thought she had like some of the quickest wit that we've ever seen on the show. Like she's so good with a comeback. And I think that's what they hate the most. Cause it's like, Oh my God, like that was so good, but I'm never going to let her know it will. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> I love it so much. Just you know what? Oh God, it does. It always, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of that whole Porsche. You went on watch what happens live and said you wanted to be fired thing with, uh, Nene, well, actually mm-hmm. Cynthia too. Good lord! <laughs> and so it kind of feels like that. Like maybe you shouldn't be a part of this group. And you know, as as people who've been watching these shows for so long now, we know the coded language. We know exactly what you mean when you say stuff like that. So that I don't agree with. I actually, you know, Potomac does it right with casting and has for a while. That's why they rarely ever like actually change the cast. So like I, I'm. You know, I I like the way it is. I don't think Wendy needs to exit or, be, you know, not be a part of that. I do think, though, it's going to be addressed at the reunion. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing about watching these shows is how most of the arguments are actually about the show itself. But because yes. they can't break the fourth wall, according to production, then it ends up being these weird coded fights. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it goes from, you know, yeah, we went, we mentioned this Wendy thing and she went crazy. She shouldn't be on the show if she can't handle this being brought up on camera, you know? Right. And you know what? <laughs> and my favorite one that they do is like the start of a new season when they'll say like, for some reason, like it goes across like all of the franchises. Someone will say, well, you know, the last time we were all together. And of course, we all know they mean the reunion from last season, but they can't say we've done a reunion. But like, well, you know, 
we didn't actually get off on, you know, we didn't leave off on good footing the last time we were all together. We were all together. I'm like, oh, you you talking about when she cursed you out at the reunion. Okay, got it. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> all righty. <laughs> I love that, though. I'm so mm-hmm. interested in those dynamics. And Same. then certain people thinking that they have more control over who's on the show than others is also just hilarious because yes. none of them have control. And yet they think, oh, I've been on for this long or I can control who comes on or Andy likes me the best. They all think that because they're all narcissists. So it's just like, it's it's so funny. (laughs) It's like in our, it's on our checklist almost like, you know, rich, check, uh, uh, living in, you know, an affluent life, check, narcissist, check. Like we have certain things in Housewives we almost look for now that lets us know, delusional, check. Like we look for certain things now and I feel like that's almost at the top of the list. Right. So you're not the biggest Karen fan, even though, you know, you know, she's just well liked by most viewers. Do you think that Wendy is kind of cozying up to Karen to get in good with the audience? I actually think so. Like, I don't I'm pretty different when it comes to a Karen fan. Like, I actually do enjoy Karen on the show, but I'm one of the people I feel like sometimes Karen fans don't look at things rationally. And I'm just kind of someone like every now and then I take things just like plainly at face value. And like, I feel like Karen's fans sometimes are not willing to do that. So I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to rain on anyone's parade. (laughs) Do what you do. You know, I, I don't mind. But I also, I think that Karen and Wendy, I actually think it was mutually beneficial because now that Monique was gone, she, she's on good terms with Ashley, but I mean, I don't think Karen was counting on Ashley to, you know, be a great friend. You know, I think she might know that her turn under the bus might come at any moment. So I think that having someone new like Mia and then someone converted like a Wendy, I think she knows that it'll work out amazingly in her favor. And I think Wendy also knows that like Karen... You know, I think she knows that Giselle and Karen are both in the driver's seat on the show, but I think she knows that one of them is clearly not the messiest one, at least what the fans think. So smart move for both of them. Definitely. Um, It's so funny, like alliances and, you know, (laughs) throwing people under the bus and all of that. Exactly. (laughs) It feels like they're trying to get out, you know, of some game show. Mm -hmm. But then they always have these really genuine moments that I feel like are so beneficial for all of us watching. Um, So this week it was when they were in the hot tub and both Mia and Robin opened up about you know, difficult and traumatic deliveries and their Mm -hmm. partners not being there for them when they were giving birth, you know, and that that's just I don't know. It's nice to hear those things and and learn more about the depth and, you know, what's going on in Mia's life and what kind of led to her relationship not working out. Right. And I I think that's when I like Mia most because I feel like she's somebody that like really kind of puts it all out there. Like her open up about like the relationship with her mom and being in foster care. And then like openly admitting that you were in a hospital, like struggling with this birth and your husband at the time was at the club. And then when he showed up, brought an Xbox or a PlayStation, whatever she said, just so he would have something to do there as if, you know, I don't know. Supporting your wife isn't enough. I I don't know. I, that's just me, though. Who knows? But I love that she's open enough because that might be embarrassing for a lot of people. But she's really kind of 
laid a lot of her cards on the line. And that's really when I like Mia best. Sometimes she tries <laughs> a little hard, but <laughs> I think we all see that sometimes. You know, she tries a little hard, but and she kind of flip-flops a little bit. But hey, I mean, the tropes of a great housewife. <laughs> totally, totally. I thought that was a lot. And then for Robin, who's still in a relationship with Juan, to admit mm. something that he did that was really hurtful and that maybe makes her look bad for still being with him but mm-hmm. still being open and honest about it. I it always, appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. It always makes me so like, well, let me ask you, who do you think it would affect more? Someone with older kids or someone with, with younger kids? Like, would you be afraid, like if you were Robin, that your young kids one day would see all you putting all this out there and like maybe have a little bit of a you know maybe like change perception of their father or do you think like karen who says like her older kids were affected by this like do you think there's a difference between the two or i actually think karen's lying about her kids being completely (laughs) um because giselle did not wish death upon Ray, and i don't think karen's kids pay attention or care and i love karen but that just made no sense i think (laughs) um you know if you are a child of parents that have had issues, you mm-hmm. know that there are issues, right? And maybe you don't yes. know as much when you're a kid, but kids aren't dumb, right? And then as they mm-hmm. get older, they will eventually find this stuff out. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think she was trying to paint him in a negative light. She was just stating a fact. Like we weren't, and she even said, we weren't in a good place at the time. He yeah. missed Carter's birth. Like we were not doing well. And I don't think that that hurts the kids. I think it's actually helpful to speak honestly about things as they occurred. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm incorrect. I'm certainly no child psychiatrist or psychologist or social worker or anything like that. But I don't know. I think kids can handle the truth. Same. Yeah, I agree. And I definitely agree about Karen's kids not be affected. <laughs> I don't even know if they watched infected. <laughs> Like you hurt my family like four years ago when right. my husband insulted you deeply and then you right. came back in a confessional with a joke. Like right. that's not a thing. And, you know. My young kids, I love that they flashed back and showed that Raven was 19 at the time. <laughs> They're like, um, okay. <laughs> that's a stretch, but all right. And I do feel bad for some of these kids. Like, I, they don't get to choose that their parents are on this show, you know? Right. And they don't get to choose that their family life is all out for everyone to judge. And, you know, I don't think that's easy. But right. they also know that this is who their parents are. Exactly. I think you know? some of them probably, you know... They probably hate it sometimes, but then they also like Ajia. Like she would probably has benefited a lot from being on it. So she probably now is at an age where she's like, you know what? It comes with the territory. So she might be a little stronger than some that kind of want to shy away. So yeah, it probably depends on the kid too. Totally. Um, let's go to this drive back music video competition. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I oh my God. love this song. It is yes. so good. It's, it's so good. Such a bop. It's such oh a bop. Um, okay. When Karen said Giselle was a good sport, she got up and flapped her vagina and everything um, and everything <laughs> at us. We were all turned off, but we clapped. 
I mean, I know you're a Giselle fan, but like, can you laugh at no. that? It's oh, I'm absolutely like I'm <laughs> I'm I'm kind of ridiculous because like I almost feel like you can't call me a stand for anyone because like I love like just good shade in general. So like even if it's directed at someone I love, I will still laugh because I just love the funny. That's why I watch the shows. So like even like Karen gives good shade. So we can't, I, I'll never take that away from her. She cracks me up. And so like that's actually like what turned me into a Kenya Moore fan. Like I'm not mm-hmm. a, a stand for Kenya Moore, but like I look forward to like what she's gonna say about people. So you know, I yeah, I can appreciate the flapping vagina lips in the wind. With it's so funny. It's just, and it's not even a thing. Like I don't know <laughs> right? why she's so obsessed with Giselle and her vagina. Like oh nothing God. Giselle was doing. Yeah, she's not a good dancer, but whatever. Right. You know, like that's but also funny to watch. <laughs> <laughs> right. And good Robin Lord. being in a Puff Daddy video. Right. How did I miss that part of pop culture? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that was really cool. So then kind of the whole episode really ends with Robin being very upset with Wendy for the Mm -hmm. comments that she made about Robin not being in a real relationship Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, And the whole who said that? (laughs) (laughs) Now, do you think Mia was being intentionally messy or do you think she interpreted it? what Giselle said to be negative and then, you know, just said her interpretation without actually trying to be messy and cause problems. You know what? I've thought about this a little and I want, every time I think about it, like I keep wondering, like, you know what? They did just have a whiskey tasting, like right before all of this. Mm -hmm. And so I always wonder, like, did the liquor play a part and like how they remembered stuff or how they reacted with this? Or was she just trying to be a little messy? I think with what we know of Mia, I think it might be a little bit of both. Maybe she was trying to be a little messy, but maybe she did interpret it as you're saying that she's not strong enough to be in this group and like what's the opposite of strong weak and you right. know we call each other bitches so yep. you know maybe maybe it was a lot of connections there too <laughs> oh man i when all of this was going down and karen was like we got bread pudding praise the lord we got <laughs> bread pudding <laughs> Just, like i don't this show makes me laugh like yes. none of the other housewives make me laugh the way that potomac makes me laugh same like they crack me uh, and it's so funny because like it'll go from anything from like super serious to the most trivial of things and i i love it all the same so um before we just touch on karen's ambassadorship to surrey county and how (laughs) insane that is do you think (laughs) wendy has actually shown a change in her personality or do you think they're just commenting on the changes in her body I, you know, I don't think I've seen much of a change. Like, she's still the same Wendy to me, but I definitely, I've, I, you know what, I've been so flip-floppy about this because I do kind of feel like, if it was a good friend of mine, I don't know if they were at the level to where they could really, like, question her, but I would definitely, like, take notice if my friend was doing all of these changes, and I would probably ask them that. Now, I probably wouldn't ask them, you know, I probably wouldn't say, when'd you get so loose or or whatever Robin said. (laughs) And I probably wouldn't ask, you know, at a a full dining table of eight people, but, you know, to each their own. So I don't think I've seen a a major change in her. I mean, maybe with her being more receptive of a relationship with Karen, maybe. But, like, besides that, 
she seems like the same old Wendy. Yeah, for me, I feel like this is also a coded, right? I think what they're Mm -hmm. trying to say is you're on season two, and you're coming forward with a very different type of story and storyline and persona than we saw you last season. And I Mm. think they're trying to call her out for trying to, I don't know, like be receptive to what the audience had said about her. Like a little too receptive and change a little too much. I think that's what they were trying to say and kind of call her out on. But they're trying to, you know, make it as they're concerned, which they're not. Like almost consciously like acknowledging the quote unquote season two glow up as we call it. <laughs> yeah. Cause I the do season think two housewife. it's maybe not a personality change. It's a change of what Wendy has been focusing on with her uh-huh. time. So talking about some stupid candle thing and not even knowing a business plan, like, and she's like, well, I got a degree in whatever she got a degree in and it had nothing to do with business. That doesn't make you an idiot. Okay. It makes you smart. Cause you've got a PhD, you know how to learn and you know how to ask questions. Right. You would know how to Google, how do I start a business, you know, and right. it would tell you a business plan and all these other things and licensing. And I don't know anything about business either, but you know, I know what questions to ask. And right. so for her to like, she's almost like plain dumb. And that's not who she is. And it feels mm-hmm. like she's trying to, uh, I don't know, take the note from the audience that they didn't like that she brought up her four degrees all the time. But mm-hmm. I liked that about her. I did too. Okay, now that you say that, that definitely, that rings true with me. Because I feel like Giselle, especially being the one calling her out, makes sense because Giselle gets a lot of criticism from a lot of different directions, but she's always going to come in. She's always going to stir the pot. She's always going to call it out. She's always going to do this and that. And so maybe seeing somebody who is like almost building their TV character around what the audience said about them previously probably is a little frustrating. That's exactly what I feel like Wendy is doing. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that makes a lot of sense. And I want to be like, baby girl, we like you. Don't, don't be who you are. Eddie likes you. Your friends like you, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't need to please all of the keyboard warriors on Twitter. Right. And I don't think we've gotten a mention of any of the four degrees this season, have we? None. She has not talked about almost any of that stuff. And and that's fine if she wants to focus on some other things. But this mm-hmm. candle thing, it's it's like a far it's it's not a real thing. Like she doesn't have a name that's licensed. She's not there's no candle product out now, despite the fact that this was, you know, filmed like six months ago. Right. Oh, boy. <laughs> it just feels like she's like, I'm going to do this for TV. Mm-hmm. And oh, God. that that <laughs> That's a mess. Everyone, these candles, my God. <laughs> we have three on one show now, don't we? <laughs> three wicks versus one wick. You've got Mia's oh that God. just showed up overnight. <laughs> <laughs> so messy. <laughs> so messy. Let's just quickly touch on Karen being the first ever ambassador to Surrey County, Virginia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that a little, a little, I love that it ended up being a backdoor pilot for her candle business though. So that was pretty entertaining. I was like, that was so like, it made me think of 
like when you go to a church on a Sunday and like someone's giving a testimony, but they kind of plug in there, <laughs> like something they're doing on the side. And like, that's why this would really help me if y'all supported this. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> that's why you're standing up. Okay. <laughs> like you are a whole ambassador right now, but you are, you are not shying away from slinging candles. Gotcha. Okay. I will tell you something the week that she came and was amb- ambassador to Surrey County and that, that it was shown on TV, there was a commercial about Surrey County that she spoke yes. on that I posted on my Instagram. So yes. she came ready <laughs> to deliver. And, you know, I feel like that's what you have to do. And that's my critique of Wendy. If she was going to come out in episode one or two talking about candles, we should be able to Google and find those candles. Right. It should not be. I don't know if she's going to. You know, we never know how these seasons end. I was assuming with Karen's uh, vow renewal, but maybe not. If this season doesn't at least end with a, a candle launch party or something, then what are we even doing this for? And whose candle launch party? <laughs> right. That's the question. <laughs> oh, my that's goodness. The question. Anything else on Potomac? Oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm so enjoy- I'm enjoying that they're firing on all cylinders. I'm loving it. Me too. I love them. I love mm-hmm. I love this show. And it's so yes. fun. Now, a show that I have become, to come to not like so much is yeah. New York. Uh, <laughs> but it was the finale, and I thought it was better than all of the other episodes this season. Mm-hmm. But it still felt, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the right way to describe it. But, you know, it used to feel like watching your favorite movie. And you would know, you know, that mm-hmm. all the lines and you would still laugh and you would enjoy it. And, you know, your favorite sweatshirt, it would feel like comfortable. Something yes. about New York has it's like, oh, I recognize this and I don't find it enjoyable anymore. Yeah. And you know what? They're, they've been OK. I hate to relate them to the people I'm going to mention. So I apologize. To everyone in advance, but <laughs> Let I out. remember, I know, <laughs> I think the last time I was on here, I think we might've touched on Dallas. And oh. I think I said that like, I was one of the few people that was actually kind of enjoying the season thus far, but that was like early in the season. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, Oh, it's so light. And you know, it's this, it's that. And you know, like, I'm just going to ignore that. They're like, they're trying to force Tiffany Moon and Brandy in the same room and trying to, for some reason, get them to, you know, apologize to her. And, you know, I'm I'm, like, I'm just like, OK, let me just be in the moment and let me just actually watch this show. But then, oh, boy, it started getting so tiring. Like I had to, like, realize that maybe I was doing a little hate watching. And mm-hmm. so I think that there are points in the Roni season where I felt like I was hate watching, too. So, like. I loved the thought of Black Shabbat. I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see this. I want to hear from everyone that's going to talk. And I want to see the process, everything. And then Ramona. And so it was just like, wow, this this a lot of times is not enjoyable. It's just like it's not like I love. And you know what's crazy? Like the finale really made me think like they have all the parts here. Is it just that? a five person cast isn't what anybody wants or like, like what is it? Like, I don't, it's, it's a lot. I think 
I started feeling, at least watching this season finale, that mm-hmm. the Lou, Sonia, Ramona dynamic, something needs to be shaken up a bit. Like one yes. of them needs to be demoted. Maybe someone needs to be off the show. I don't know. But when when Luann was like, guess who's calling? It's Harry Dubin. I'm like, this is... <laughs> None of you guys normally have your phones with you when you're filming a group scene. It's clear that it's a bit boring. Nothing's really happening. And so, oh, my God, wouldn't it be so funny if we told Harry to call? You know, like a whole stick at that point. It felt shtick like sticky. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Sticky. And not it felt tired and and not funny. I wonder if they kept the same cast but added some new energy, if it mm-hmm. could, or maybe bringing Dorinda back or bringing Tinsley back or something, if if it would, something needs to be shifted. I 100% agree with that because I think that they have all the parts there. The finale, I feel like, made everyone kind of realize, like, oh, y'all are a really fun group. Like, y'all can, like, maybe they had to go through the ringer to get to that place, but... It made you think that like there are there are a lot of like good parts to this group. I think that Tinsley would really like bring people back onto the Leah yes. train because I think that like them together was just so fun to watch. So like I think maybe people will be more receptive to Leah and her energy again. I think that I absolutely agree with about uh, one of the three OGs, like not OGs, you know, but the three people that have been on for so long, something there, like not necessarily has to go, but I think at least demoted or I don't know, something there. But I do think we need at least like they've had eight before. Like why not a seven person cast or seven and a friend or something like we need some new energy there. And then maybe, an alpha because i'm not sure as much as the people try to make her one i'm not sure ramona she's not yeah she's not they need yeah they just need to shift something i actually don't know if any of them have to 100 percent go maybe just more Mm -hmm. need to join but right what was hard to watch is them all having fun and then knowing in real life there's so many real issues because watching it back was so painful for ebony you know rightly Uh so what made me sad was like if i was luann which i'm not i would watch that back and like (laughs) call her in real time and be like that was super tough to watch like i see this now like i hope that we can talk this over at the reunion i hope that we can get dinner at some point something Mm -hmm. but her not reaching out to ebony at all shows me she didn't actually learn or get anything i never expected ramona to but ebony sort of accepted ramona for who she is right and that's the thing like that was my whole thing with luann too it was like why like ebony like made it clear like you know i ramona at least you know she calls she does this you know all these things that you know people say about ramona you know we we do see a horrible (laughs) ramona but people supposedly say like she's kind to them sometimes i guess but (laughs) (laughs) luann with luann that was like just so disappointing because i remember that episode airing and i was like like shaking that 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 episode like had me my blood was boiling and like to hear after the fact that you didn't bother calling her or anything like since this like try to make sure that like she knows how apologetic you are and how you know you've i don't know anything like reach out 
Like it was, it's, it's just, it's very disappointing in Lou, and especially going into the season, me saying that like Lou was kind of for me at least the star player because like she just put so much out there in New York, like she really like has lived her entire life out on the camera. So I was like, I like I'm okay with that, but now I'm like no. Oh, Luann. No, no. no. <laughs> it's just, it made me sad because I remember when New York premiered and we were all so mm-hmm. excited and then they were on Watch What Happens Live and they were hilarious together and it seemed mm-hmm. like they got along and the energy felt really good. And so I am really curious like what happened behind the scenes and how much of it was just not acknowledging or if it was Luann getting more upset at being painted or called racist than um, hurting one of her castmates. Right. Exactly. That's something we just need to get over, white people. We just need to get over being so upset at being called racist because, like, we all are. Like, it's we're socialized to be, you know, and so people are going to make mistakes and – if we want to like move towards a more inclusive society, we have to be okay with being called out and mm-hmm. apologize and, you know, move forward rather than being so obsessed with being labeled a certain way. Absolutely. It's like, and you know what? I think reality TV people especially can even, not even reality TV people, like everybody could learn to like, if you just stopped and actually listen to what someone was saying and not being so defensive about everything. Like imagine one, how much you grow as a person and just imagine how much like conflict could be avoided. Just like I I watched so many, like I'm on a, the love Island train right now. Like I've been watching like love Island UK, like ridiculously. And I just sit there and I watch sometimes. And it's so like disappointing that people know that they're being judged by the audience so much that when someone comes to them with like a genuine concern about like how you treated them or what something you said that was just so grossly offensive, you can't even acknowledge it because you know, acknowledging it then means that like, you know, that you made a mistake and people like to come off as perfect. And it's just so it's so late. Like what are we still doing this really? Right. I wonder, I mean, do you think that part of the issue of trying to have conversations about race on reality TV is hindered by the fact that most of these women are narcissists and therefore, like, cannot handle criticism in a certain way or they view it in a way that it's not meant to be viewed, you know? That's the the perfect way to say it. I think that you... The most we, I think we see the people that are usually more open to the conversations. Those are the ones that like would probably handle a diverse cast way better than the ones that feel like their entire uh, like being is in jeopardy. Let them say it. <laughs> right. It's just I I do get it. I I get the environment is very charged and people get canceled and kicked off shows and lose sponsorships and that kind of thing. And and people can be really hateful online. You know, I'm sure Mm -hmm. Luann and Ramona are getting terrible comments and that does not do anything to help Ebony or to like make like this like world or country a better place. So I, I get it. I also wonder how much of it is them like being worried about how something's gonna be shown on camera because they may experience it one way and then they watch it back and it's different crystal was on Monty's podcast and was saying watching it back is super weird because things are happening and i remember it differently 
right. That was first of all, that was an amazing interview too. So and, great. Uh, so good. And I all I think about that too because I always wonder when people like, you know, if a housewife goes to like watch what happens live or does an Instagram live, whatever the case may be, and them too knowing that okay, they edited it this way. So I should be going along with this version of the story, you know, because like I always feel like they're thinking yeah. like, God, I know for a fact that's not how it happened. But I know my employer who I want to stay with for another four or five years. I know for a fact this is the story they want to put out there. I don't know if they want to, like, you know, use this as a teachable moment. I don't know if they want to uh, if this is more entertainment, you know, whatever the case may be. I have to then make the decision of whether I want to actually go against the grain or if I want to just go along with it and figure out my narrative as I go. A hundred percent. I also feel like Luann and Ramona in particular treated some of the situations with Ebony as classic housewives, which means someone, yes. oh, I, I offended someone. So then I apologize if I offended you. And then we move on as if nothing happened. But right. this particular conversation is, a, is deeper and is more personal and is more painful mm-hmm. and I think requires a different set of skills than mm-hmm. the, the housewives apology and move on. But I don't know if these women know how, or at least on camera, to for like conflict resolution. They only know like three different ways to resolve conflict. You know, either I'm never speaking to this person again, I apologize if I hurt you and move on, or I I don't know what the third one would be. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's usually never like accepting that they were wrong. Sometimes it happens, but it's it usually never involves uncom- truly uncomfortable conversations. Mm. And and it's just they weren't able, they weren't well suited for the moment. Right. And then on top of all of that too, you have the person on the other end of it. So like Ebony in this case, you have someone that actually is not going to accept that kind of apology. Like you're yes. not going to offer me like I'm to I'm like coming to you vulnerable, telling you why you've offended me, why you hurt me and did all this. I've told you that you can't speak to like for in this instance, black people or black women, this kind of way. You can't say those kind of things. This is why it's offensive to me and all this. So a typical housewives apology is not going to work for me in this situation. Mm hmm. And I think someone like Luann or Ramona are like, well, I'm rude to everyone. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're black. Right. Like, that's that's literally what they're thinking. I'm an asshole mm-hmm. to everyone. Why are you different? Right. And exactly. they're just not listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in terms of the imitation that they do of one another, who do you think <laughs> did it best? Lou is Ebony. Ebony is Lou. Bershon is Sonia. Sonia is Bershon. Leah is Ramona. Or Ramona is Leah. Oh my! I think the two that really kind of stood out for me most were Ebony is Luann and Ramona is Leah. Yes. Both of those were cracking me up so much. I first of all, this was a hilarious party that could have gone so bad. <laughs> it could have been so bad. Somebody could have easily gotten so offended. But everybody literally took the jokes for what they were, and they had a good time. Like that is what we love to see. I also loved the night before where they all were pasties. And I appreciate Ebony for having like normal boobs that aren't 
plastic surgery <laughs> and showing yeah. them on screen because <laughs> I was and like, I yeah, girl. And she right. looks beautiful. <laughs> oh, my God. She's beautiful. Yeah. And I I literally like would have never known either because the uh, the newest confessional look she has with that gold and the like the gold chain. I was like, yeah. oh, those look new. But then I was like, oh, they're, they're no, they're just <laughs> in a bra that's pushed up. You know, yes. that's what <laughs> most women with larger breasts look like in those types right. of outfits. <laughs> it's just, you know, the whole like not having to wear a bra type thing. Like Leah's right. boobs, she doesn't really have to wear one. Like that's usually sur- surgical. <laughs> right. <laughs> and while it's great, it's not what most women look like. So Right, right. But I had fun. I had fun. I felt like it was great that it ended in a good place. But it made me sad knowing that I don't know if there's going to be a reunion. I don't know what the hell is happening. There's all these terrible stories and mm-hmm. tabloids. It just sounds like things aren't great. And it didn't feel great watching it. So Right. Absolutely. I'm just I'm, – I'm optimistic, though, because I do – I love a lot of uh, like this cast and the cast energy. Like I love the relationship that Sonia and Ebony have built. I like yeah. uh, uh, Ebony and Leah's friendship. I I think that there are a lot of like good parts to this. And I think if they just add a few more people, because one, if you take anybody out, like with a cast of five, that that's four is just too few. It's going to greatly hinder. So like you'd have to have like the level of, like interconnected drama that they like had in like some of the early Jersey seasons. Like when it was just like Teresa, Caroline, Melissa, and uh, who else? Kathy, maybe like you have to have that level of like family drama going on for it to be entertaining. But you, I think New York can stand to add some few people. And if they did, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. And plus New York will be more open when they start filming again. Yes. You know, hopefully. God right. Oh, God. <laughs> Fingers cr- knock, <laughs> knock on wood. You know. Okay. Shall we move on to the dinner party from hell part two? <laughs> yes. I got to take a deep breath before this. Yes. I'm oh, ready. my goodness. Okay. So there's only two things I really want to discuss. One is mm-hmm. that uh, dinner at Crystal's house before the dinner party from hell. And then obviously the dinner party from hell. But yes. let's start at Crystal's house where she's serving what looks like amazing Chinese food and has Erica, mm-hmm. Kathy and Garcelle over. I don't know what the purpose of this was. But it sounded like yeah. producers wanted to put Garcelle in a situation to see if they could like flip her, if the others would flip her on Sutton. What do you make right. of it? it? It it felt super weird. Like one, I thought I just I guess I made an assumption that like by the end of the season it was going to be everybody, and then you know on one side the the Fox Force Five, whatever, and then the, on the other side it was going to be Garcelle, Sutton, and Crystal, just because like that little group. Of uh of Kyle, Erica, Lisa, and uh Dorit are so like close that I didn't think anyone else would be able to like penetrate in to make a close friendship with them. So I just assumed it was naturally gonna split. But to kind of see that uh I I guess I had forgotten like that fast. Like this Erica drama has been so all-consuming that I forgot that Sudden and Crystal like spent the first like you know five, six episodes like having real conflict so i guess oh that was kind of weird to see for me it, it kind of brought me back down to reality like oh crystal doesn't have the best impression of sudden so i guess it will be natural for her to take erica side in this 
it, it didn't seem like it at first, but now thinking about it, I'm like, oh, I guess that does make sense a little, maybe. I don't know. I, I would have hoped that she would have just like, you know, like said, you know what, uh, maybe she didn't mean it like that and just like, you know, let Erica do the the down talking of sudden. But I'm glad I, I wish Garcelle too, because I'm I'm literally the biggest Garcelle fan on the planet. Like literally might be in my top five housewives as of now. <laughs> I think she has just like knocked this season out of the park. And it I love that she was sticking up for sudden in the confessionals, but it seemed like she was more of a listening ear at the at the the dinner. I don't know if the producers wanted her to be a listening ear to kind of you know, push her in the way of, well, maybe Sudden needs to be on a boat by herself. But I think that Garcelle is ride or die. So she's like, no, we're not going to do that. Well, and her facial expressions, I feel like, spoke for themselves. You know, yes, I'm sure this true. dinner was multiple hours and they only showed us a few minutes. So mm-hmm. I don't always know what to make of how things are edited. But, you know, it was also interesting to hear Crystal talk about how she'd never heard of Sutton before. I don't think she meant it in the way that like the audience hadn't heard of Crystal. I think it's more she, you know, we found out that she runs this sort of party circuit. Like she throws two to three huge parties a week. She knows people who have a lot of money, who donate a lot of money, who are like, mm-hmm. you know, in that in that space, right? In she, I think right. she actually lives in Beverly Hills, not in the Valley. She is really well connected. So I think she's probably saying, I know, why is she so worried about her reputation? I haven't even heard of her. I think that's what it came across to me as. But I know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of viewers were like, well, none of us know who you are. None of us knew who Erica was. But I think she meant it in this like circuit thing. Right. Like, this is our world. Like, if that's the case, we should have overlapped a little bit by now, and we haven't. Yeah, because she said they they were, what are they, members of the same country club? Is that what she said? I think Erica belonged potentially to the same country club as Sutton. Was mm. that it? But I couldn't tell if they meant the country club, like, in Georgia, or if it was a right. country <laughs> club here. And it's like, honey, you're not a member of any country club anymore. No. <laughs> Why is this an issue? It's just... Um, I, I'm going to give Crystal a pass for going after Sutton personally mm-hmm. because how Sutton treated her when she was trying to share her experience as being an Asian woman in this country was right. really shitty, and I don't think they ever really got to talk through that. Exactly. And so I could see why she would harbor some resentment to Sutton. Exactly, because everyone just kind of was like, you know what, just put a pin in it. We'll get back to that some other time if we need drama for the show <laughs> basically like we'll we'll just put a pin in that and i don't think they ever got to talk to it either so it did kind of make sense to me that she would want uh that she wouldn't side with sudden like during uh you know a confrontation not even a confrontation because she wasn't there but during like someone saying that they don't agree with sudden's actions because obviously she has a lot of experience of being on the other side of sudden you know opinions and antics and all those kind of things so i get it i think for some reason, it's so weird because like, I feel like fans don't want to give or certainly, you know, a, a random like subsection of fans don't want to give Crystal any amount of grace that they've given any other cast member on this show. Like right. there are people still finding grace for Erica Jane and, you know, like everything that's going on and are still like finding diehard ways to defend her. But like the small, like superficial drama 
that uh like my you know obviously the the uh you know are you what is it uh well what was the line you do you see uh i don't see color like that whole thing was obviously a lot more but some of the other superficial drama that uh crystal and sudden have had like they're not willing at all to give her any kind of grace and that's really weird to me i think so too i yeah I mean, I think had I not listened to Crystal on Mani's podcast, I may feel mm-hmm. differently, but I feel like I'm getting a sense of who she is. And she's not yes. someone, I think, who's used to this type of drama, this type of, you know, I don't think she understands how the game is played. And so right. I think she's truly just showing up as herself. I don't think she's trying to cause problems. But I also feel like I would be super frustrated if I was her because no one really knew what Sutton had done to her besides Kyle because no one was there. Right. Exactly. I I totally, do you think uh, I'm like jumping ahead like a year now, but do you think that uh, this same iteration of this cast, do you think they'll be back or do you think there'll be some changes? I mean, this cast was so good, but I feel like, I don't know. I don't know if we need Lisa Renna anymore. I truly don't. I feel Neither like, do I. <laughs> and I like she used to be one of my top favorite housewives. I thought she was so funny. She was so campy. She didn't take herself too mm-hmm. seriously. But her being this like arbiter of truth and honesty is getting really old. Old. What I yes. would like <laughs> is for Kim Richards to be on the show and Lisa to be off. Mm. A little, yes, like give us a little more, you know, Jersey in the early days. It was a, a little bit more of a family show. I, I'd love to see all three of them like interacting yes, on the same show. That would be amazing. The sister dynamics. It is yes. fascinating. And they're like coming up in, you know, the 70s and 80s and all of like being in child stars and, mm-hmm. you know, Paris Hilton. All the, there's so much pop culture and, interesting stuff there i want to see more of that um so the dinner party from hell oh man kathy (laughs) (laughs) when she shut up dorit but then all of the mess came forward like she knew she just couldn't put a lid on it she knew she couldn't she tried so hard. She was like, no, 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 we're not going to do this. This is going to be a, I was like, look, look around you. There's Baccarat everywhere. We're not doing this here. And then it all just came out, thankfully for us, but it all just came out. Poor Kathy. I really appreciated <laughs> Dorit in this episode because finally. she finally gave us something, but mm-hmm. also she's the one that brought Erica to tears. It was her. It wasn't Sutton. And that, I think I needed to see that. (laughs) Yes. Like, we needed to. (laughs) I think think that episode, too, kind of really solidified that Erica is still, like, I'm the one that's, like, been most affected by Tom's actions. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, like, you you still don't get it. And that's why I I appreciated Dorit so much because I've been been so hard on Dorit these past, like, what months worth of episodes because like i from her like giving that whole speech about like you know i've had nothing but brown and black people working in my home and my my mom my mom's best friend is black and i'm just like what are we doing right now like what is actually happening and so like i've been so hard on her but like this i love to cheer for like you're finally because one of my biggest issues has been 
Sutton was not the only one at that, you know, Dorit's house madness conversation. She was not the only one talking. Like, so we're not going to pretend like this was just a, a, a sudden conspiracy and she's the only one that had these strong feelings and all this stuff. And now you finally, like, found this backbone to, like, be like, you know what, Erica, I need to say something, too, because a lot of this, it, it might not be adding up and we might be affected by this. And I'm proud of her for finally finally saying it in front of Erica's face because this whole like let's shut this conversation down stuff has been it's been very tiresome I just think if Eric she just Erica played this whole thing wrong if she had come on the show and been like I am horrified at all of these lawsuits and these allegations I feel terrible about everything Mm -hmm. I can't speak to much of it because it has to play out in the legal system but I am Mm -hmm. broken People right. would lay off her a little more. But to oh, come absolutely. in and give us crumbles of truth and leave out and omit other truths mm-hmm. and then to let it just like and and to treat that L.A. Times article like it was radar online is such a mistake. <laughs> this is not the same kind of journalism. This right. is not the same kind of fact finding. These are legal documents that are going to be used against you in court, and you can't Mm. wipe your hands of it. And it was just, I think Erica is very similar to Tom. I think he intimidated people into silence, and she Mm -hmm. was the exact same way. She, and then surrounded herself with yes people, he Mm -hmm. surrounded himself with yes people. So she, whenever someone asks her a question, it feels like an interrogation because she's not used to anyone other than people kissing her ass. Exactly. That is, all of that is exactly what I think too. Like I've, you, you, oh God, Erica one has absolutely played this in the worst way possible. Not only that, can someone take her phone away? Like, why is she still being allowed to tweet during all of this? Because it's literally making us like, I feel like almost like we're the jury and we're implicating her every single week based on Twitter alone, like let alone the show. Like we've already, we know how many uh, Megan <laughs> Megan King Edmonds we have out there in the social media community. They're going to dig up some dirt on you. Like they're going to put these stories together. Two plus two equals 15. And that's not what it's supposed to be. We're trying to figure out what's going on. And you have not been doing yourself any favors and everything that you've learned from Tom about how to try to intimidate and silence people. It, it's not going to work in this situation because they're people actually care about the real victims in this situation. Mm-hmm. And I do think she is a victim to some extent in that he mm-hmm. manipulated her into doing things that were really, really bad. But she mm-hmm. also has to take some responsibility. Um, she signed documents that allowed her to get money. She stayed in a marriage where, you know, according to her, he handled all the finances and she couldn't ask questions. And mm-hmm. it is her, I mean, she did that, right? She could have left him. Mm-hmm. And 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 she, because she's showing us that she did leave him, right? Once mm-hmm. the money ran out. Right. So (laughs) it is just PK was right. She is not deliberately cold. She is inherently cold. Yes. 
when and that's she the thing. Was I just can't crying, like... <laughs> and Garcelle tried to comfort her, and oh she was God. like, "Don't touch me." That was so nasty. Yes. She was so she has her armor up, but it's all of her rage and anger is directed at the wrong people. Mm-hmm. She should be mad at that's herself for signing all those goddamn papers that he put in front of her if she is quote unquote innocent and didn't know. But it doesn't matter if she's innocent. She still did it and she still benefited from it. So I think this whole innocent thing doesn't even matter. Like does right. it, it maybe maybe it matters to her friends that they don't want to be friends with someone that knowingly took money from people, but she did take it regardless <laughs> if she knew. So she right. should be mad at herself and she should be mad at him. And all of the anger is coming out at Sutton and at Dorit and anyone that dares to ask questions and dares to talk about it. Well, what does it have to do with them? Well, you guys are all in a show together, and this is the biggest <laughs> thing that's happening in your life, and you've never shared any personal details about your life, and all of a sudden, you're going to have to, okay, if you want to earn right. that paycheck. Exactly. This, oh, boy. this I, That part with Garcelle in particular was just so, like, hard to watch because it, it would I would get it if Garcelle had been like attacking and attacking and attacking her during that moment but she literally was like the most like compassionate and like clear-headed and trying to like rationalize with her in that moment all she did was say like but can you not see like where she might be coming from like can you just for a second put yourself in her shoes and understand this Erica refused and then just like went immediately into, okay, my guard is all the way up. I'm about to play defense instead of offense and I'm not letting anybody in anymore. And unfortunately, Garcelle was right there and she was not going to give her any kind of, whew, any. she wasn't going to let her feel any kind of resolution in that moment. Mm-hmm. Another thing I've noticed Erica does, and I don't know if this is a tactic that her lawyers told her to do or someone else or mm. if she just came up with it, is that she answers with questions. Yes. So like when Dorit is like, when you're reading about the victims, the orphans and the widows, it's hard to digest. And Erica, I guess that's not a question, but Erica says, how do you think I feel? But she's right. not saying how she feels. She's asking you when when Kyle was like, did you know? And she's like, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, she's not actually answering or responding. She's making you do it. So it's not right. her word. It's your words. And then she did say, I do. I feel a lot worse than you do. Um, but then Dorit keeps going, which God bless her. And she said, we didn't know uh, this was on the horizon. And I don't think you knew. And she's like, then why are you torturing me? You know, oh all God. of you. It's like, it, she's lived in such a bubble where no one gets to question anything. And she intimidates people into being silent and shutting them up. And God bless Sutton for not shutting up. She's trying to get She was trying to speak for like 20 minutes. And then Mm -hmm. Kyle had the audacity to be like, you're not being honest. And it's like Sutton can't get a full sentence out without people jumping on, you know? This is so much because like I, Erica, well, first of all, Erica, you've got to stop with the, uh, would you like to trade lives with me? And I'm living the worst life right now. All this kind of narrative, like I can't tell you how many people love to be at Kathy Hilton's house 
eating caviar pie right now. Exactly. So it could be a lot worse. Like let's <laughs> let's stop it here. <laughs> like we've got to stop it. Like I know you. It, it's so frustrating because like you could almost get sympathy out of me at some points, but it's like, oh, you ruined it. You ruined it every time. You find a way to ruin it. Nope. Not doing it with you. <laughs> it's like she's saying every time I come to these events, I get the shit kicked out of me for something I didn't even fucking do. Well, you did do something, though. That's the thing. Right. She's like, he stole the money. No, you stole it. Your name was signed on that California state lottery ticket uh-huh. or whatever, where she was getting payouts from the California state lottery system that were supposed to go to one of the clients of Tom Girardi. And she uh-huh. signed paperwork so the deposits wouldn't go in that client's bank account and would go to her. And she got at least $240,000 from just that payout alone and then you know oh i want to know where the money is well you spent it you're being sued for 25 million i know that's in modern day time and this was taking place in january so i will give grace to the other women who are trying to digest in a matter of weeks a very complex story that we don't know a lot of the ins and outs of so i get Mm -hmm. when crystal is like this doesn't have to do with me i'm not touching this I don't know her that well, but I'm going to choose to believe she didn't know any of this. You know? Right. I get that, but I also really appreciate Garcelle and Sutton being honest and truthful and in this week's episode, Dorit. Right. I'm 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 so proud of Dorit because I've been I've spent so hard on her, but this is exactly what I needed from her because it felt like they kept like they kept setting Sutton and Garcelle up to be the bad guy in Erica's eyes. But I hate that because it's one thing if, you know, they were the only two that were saying anything in this moment, but we literally watched an episode where this was an open dialogue amongst literally everyone except Erica. So like, y'all have got to stop with this. You're not being truthful. You're not being honest. You're not owning it. Um, it seems like she's the only one that's even coming close right now. Like we've got to stop this. And so thankfully at least three have joined the party now, but now I need Kyle to kind of come forward a little bit too, because you had some things to say too. Well, Kyle had, you know, not trying to defend Kyle, but she, (laughs) she had said, I just want to know, did she know? Right. Mm. And she got to ask that question. And Erica said she did not know. Well, she said, what do you think? And Erica's like, I don't, I mean, and Kyle's like, I don't think you knew. And she's like, I didn't. And so I think that was kind of the only question that mattered to Kyle. Yeah. And I think for some of the other ones, they're like, well, not knowing, (laughs) there's levels of not knowing. Right. Right. And then there's also you not showing any compassion to the people who've been hurt by what you've done. You're saying you feel bad and you feel terrible only when you're questioned. Right. Because it feels like Garcelle, it almost feels like Garcelle is being a better Erica. She's like playing the role better than Erica should because Garcelle always makes a point to say, but the victims are the most important thing. And then Erica's like, oh, you're right, right. Yeah, they're they're important too. And it's like, why is this having to come out of someone else's mouth who's not involved in the situation? Yeah. Like this should be your main priority. You shouldn't be having to like wait for an alley-oop from somebody else about who's really kind of suffering the most in this situation. Like I get it. A lot of your, you know, comforts in life have been taken away. You're not going to go hungry. 
you're not going to starve. You're going to be okay. There are people out there that like don't know where their next meals and how they're going to pay for all this uh, health care that they now require. They're, they have a lot on their plates that they genuinely need to be stressed out about. You, you, your, your comfort is not a factor. It's and, not. and I think, yeah, I, that's exactly the issue. You know, mm-hmm. that's exactly the issue. She just can't get out of her own way. And I'm more upset with Erica for the last five or six years than I am with her this year. Because now mm-hmm. we're actually getting to see more of what's going on in her life. And I'm pissed that she got away with five or six years of being on the show and never getting tough questions, like truly tough questions about her right. life and never truly opening up about it. She has been lying the entire time about the kind of person that she is, about the kind of business that she runs, about being mm-hmm. an independent boss bitch. Yeah, you're a boss bitch that doesn't know how to, you know, go to the bank. You don't right. have any control over your finances. Like, come on now. Then don't portray yourself to be different and put down others who aren't as strong as you are. Exactly. Words out of my mouth. I, I just knew, like, before this season came on, I just figured she was going to be... Uh, bumped down to a friend and then of course all the story broke and i'm like we're actually about to find out who erica jane is like for the first time like i you realize you've never never known anything all we knew was that she could dress (laughs) and we knew that she had an alter ego that she performed on stage which which, i mean she was no sasha fierce but whatever (laughs) i mean i guess (laughs) but it's you know it is it's so frustrating because i can imagine any like other housewife on other franchises being like, you know, Robin, think about Robin Dixon. She gets so much heat from like some fans like, Oh my gosh, she's so boring. I don't care. And all this and that she's put so much out there since she's been on this show. We know so much about Juan, their past. We know about the friend that took all of their money. And we know about Juan's parents and their heroin use and dying from HIV from AIDS, you know, like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like she has robbed us from teaching telling us about her true self and her friends mm-hmm. didn't even know who she truly is. I feel like she is like exactly like Tom Girardi, but he was yep. sort of alpha to her and would keep her in her place. But whenever he wasn't around, she was just like him shutting up everyone and keeping around yes people. Exactly. Ugh. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Well, Kendrick, thank you so much for joining. I, I've i just of had course. so much fun chatting with you. Tell everyone where they can find you, where they can uh, you know, listen to your podcast. Of course. So you can catch me on Instagram. That's at realitycomics2, T-O-O. If you click on that link in the bio, you'll see where I am on all major platforms, Apple, iHeart, Spotify, all the major ones, Google. I'm everywhere. Just search <laughs> Reality I and Comics it. 2. <laughs> I'm everywhere. Reality and Comics 2. Search me or you can just search my name, Kendrick Tucker. I'll pop right up. thank you so much for being on i love hearing all of your takes and i don't know i love being able to chat housewives with people that like you agree on some things you don't agree on some things but you just Mm -hmm. like are viewing this as like we're the audience and we're looking at it through you know trying to be a somewhat objective lens we have people we like but we call the people we like out when they are you know misbehaving and we like even when they do the wrong thing because it's entertaining to watch exactly we're all we're pro 
human decency, but then I like a little mess on the side. So that's yeah. all. It is. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love that. Well, have a wonderful rest of your week and we will chat soon. Thank you. Thank you. 